All right, do me a favor, track down a Bible if you can and get with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we, we are doing a series going through the first chapter of James rather slowly, but we're looking at wisdom. We're looking at uh, learning from James how to live life right now in, these, in this crazy season that we find ourselves in. And so uh, this morning we are looking at the topic of wisdom. We're in verses 5 to 8, and so I'm going to read those verses. We'll pray, and then we will get to work. James chapter 1, starting in verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray right now that by your spirit, you would speak to each of us, that you would help us to hear your voice. Lord, we want to be people who are full of wisdom, people who are mature, not lacking anything. And so, Lord, we pray that you would leverage this season of trials to grow us in the likeness of your son. So we commit this time to you right now, and we ask that you would use these minutes to help us become more like him. We pray in his name. Amen. And amen. Wisdom. We're going to look at two things. What is it? And then how do we get it? What is it and how do we get it? It says in verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. There's this invitation given to us that we would become a people who are wise, that we would acknowledge that we may be lacking in wisdom. Now, the context tells us that this has something to do with the trials that we're presently going through. When James was writing to his scattered church, he was saying to them, consider it a joy whenever you go through trials of various kinds because you know that the testing of your faith is producing perseverance and perseverance when it finishes its work, that it makes you mature and complete lacking in nothing. And then it says, but if you lack, so there's that word, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God for it. If you're going through a trial, it's God using the opportunity to grow you. It's God helping you to become more mature. And one of the things we have to do is acknowledge that we need wisdom to be able to navigate these uncertain times. We need the wisdom of God to help us know what we ought to be doing. Wisdom is not simply information. You can do Bible studies all day long. You can get a PhD, you can have all kinds of information. That's great, but that is not wisdom. Wisdom is when you take your knowledge of God and it shows up in the way that you live. It's knowing the appropriate thing to do in the moment. That's what wisdom really is. It's just the appropriate response to the day. And so we need to recognize that God is inviting us even now to pursue this way of wisdom that he's saying this process of going through trials is giving opportunity for you to grow. But if you're lacking in wisdom, you need that and you should be asking for it. You need to know what God is requiring of you right now so that you might do that. You might perform that way of wisdom. Now, wisdom is something that God gives. It's a major theme throughout the scriptures. In fact, there are portions of the entire Bible that are that's simply called wisdom literature. It's a kind of writing that's helping the people of God know how to behave. Proverbs 
is one of those portions of scripture. And in Proverbs, it tells us about wisdom over and over again. It tells us the way of wisdom and what wisdom is and why it's so valuable. And in Proverbs 2, 6, it says, for the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Wisdom is when we know something from God and it begins to inform the way that we live. It's, it's giving us this understanding of God and his world and and it's showing us what, how, how we can respond appropriately in this moment. Now, one of the things that I'm observing right now is that most of us already feel that we have wisdom on our side. A lot of us feel like we know what God wants right now. And we think, you know, my position, my opinion is the one that embodies wisdom. And I would say, if you feel that you have wisdom, you probably don't have wisdom. If you feel that you know exactly what's going on right now and how to interpret the times and how to navigate these incredible trials that we're going through, if you feel that you're right and you're righteous in everything that you're doing, I would actually suggest you're probably lacking wisdom because one of the things that accompanies wisdom is humility. Humility is something that I think kind of sets you up to be able to receive wisdom from God. And most of us right now, we're, we're looking at, our world and, and the upheaval and the disruption of COVID-19 and social unrest and political unrest. And we're saying, oh, I know exactly what's going on right now. Let me tell other people how they should be thinking, how they should be feeling, how they should be navigating this season. Now, if that's you, that it probably reveals something about you, that you are in need of this thing called wisdom that these are troubling times that are confusing and difficult. And, and we need to be asking God for wisdom and allowing for his voice to inform the way that we think about and process everything that's currently going on. Now, wisdom actually looks a lot like, what would Jesus do? Jesus is the one who shows us how to navigate life in a fallen world in, in a way that's pleasing to God. Jesus himself really is our wisdom. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says that he, talking about Jesus, he has actually become for us wisdom from God. So we're trying to figure out in this moment, we're going through this trial and the trial indicates to me, we're in need of growth. We're not mature. We're not complete. We're not lacking or, or you know, we're lacking something. We're lacking this wisdom. So we need to be asking God for it. Now there's a story about a King Solomon who did exactly that. He was the son of David and he was given the assignment of becoming the next King and so he does exactly what James is talking about right here. He begins to pray and he prays that God would grant him something. Let's listen to it. This is 1 Kings chapter 3. It says, this is his prayer. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father, David. But I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my responsibilities. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who's able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you've asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but, have dis but for discernment and administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart 
so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Here's what Solomon is saying. I don't know what is required of me in this moment, God. I feel like a child and you have given me this incredible responsibility. So my request, Lord, is that you would grant me wisdom. Give me a discerning heart so I might lead this people. That posture of humility and that request for wisdom, God gladly grants it for him. He becomes the wisest person. He writes the majority of the Proverbs. He, he, his wisdom is unmatched in so many different ways. But we find him then doing exactly what James is inviting us to do today. Asking God for wisdom to know how to move forward in this moment. We need to be people who are willing to do that. Wisdom is something that God wants to give us and we need to ask for it. So as we consider what, what we're up to right now, we need to be asking God, how do I navigate this moment? What would it look like for me to deal with COVID-19, the social unrest, the political stuff that's going on? What would it look like for me to navigate this season? God, grant me wisdom to do that well. Help me, Lord, to know. And there are unique challenges that apply to different individuals in here and online. Some of us are having to ask, how do I navigate work stuff right now? How do I navigate this season where I've worked remotely for a long amount of time and now we're coming back to the office? What does that look like? What does that mean? How do I do that in a way that's pleasing to God? Some of us are dealing with health challenges right now and we should be asking God, what is the wise thing to do in this season? What is it that you want me to do to pursue my personal health and to deal with the challenges of getting health care in a season like this. We should be asking for wisdom in all these different ways. Some of us are dealing with financial strains and we need to be asking God, what, what does it look like to be wise in this moment? And then to be willing to listen to the voice of God and respond appropriately. So wisdom is what God is inviting us to ask for. So how do we get it? How do we get it? This is the second thing that we see here. Well, we get it by asking. Again, look at verse five. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. We need to be people who right now are praying a lot, who are, who are asking, we're going before the throne of God's grace routinely and we're saying, okay, I'm not gonna step out today. I'm not gonna move forward today without first consulting with God and asking him what is it that he requires? What would it look like for me to be a person of wisdom today? That change of priorities, I think, is a really significant thing where we're setting up our day saying, okay, God, what does wisdom look like today for me? Now, I'll be honest with you. Um, I was reviewing my prayer journals recently. Uh, one of the things that I do on a daily basis is I read from a one-year Bible that gives me, you know, passages to read for the date, and I read those, and then I, I'm praying, and I'm saying, okay, God, would you please, you know, show me something for today? And then I'll take whatever that little nugget is and I'll underline it and then I'll turn it into a prayer. And that's just my routine that I've done for a number of years. And, but when I was going back over my prayer journal, the last three years have looked a little bit different. That would have been my habit for the majority of the time that I've ever done that. But over the last three years, my, my main prayer has been the prayer of Solomon in regard to us, in regard to our campus and what we're up to. And I'm, I'm constantly asking God now, God, please grant me wisdom and favor to be able to lead the, this people of yours. 
I would encourage you to make that request a recurring thing for you. God, would you please grant me wisdom? I'm going to become a person who is asking for it. And we should be confident that when we ask, God will grant it. That's what James is doing here. He's telling us that the character of God is such that we, could, we can have confidence going before him and saying, I need wisdom. We can believe that he's actually willing to grant it. Let's look at it. Verse five again, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. It's, James is basically saying God is the kind of God who if you make this request, his character is such that he is inclined to give you what you're requesting. You are not having to twist his arm to do this. I was thinking about, um, you know, when we make significant requests in life, let's consider, you know, your, your employer. And if you're thinking, okay, I need to ask for, uh, you know, some, some sort of change within my work. Good communication tells you, you ought to do it in a way that will give you the greatest likelihood of them saying yes. That means you need to think like them, like your boss. You need, to, you need to think, okay, what would I need to say for, for my boss to feel like, that's a great idea, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. How, how would it be beneficial to that individual or to the organization? We, we do this all the time. We strategize for the things that are significant because we want them to come true. And we, we do everything that we can to kind of navigate that moment, to be able to make that request and hope that, you know, that, that there will be a favorable response to it. But James is saying here, you don't have to do that with God in this one. You don't have to try to maneuver this whole thing and get to a place where you can convince him of the importance of you receiving wisdom. He's more ready to give it to you than you are to ask for it. That's what it's saying here. God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. The language is such, Alec Mutir in his commentary, he says literally the original language says something like this. We're dealing with God and so it's saying, let him ask from the giving God. It's describing God and it's saying, let the person go before God who is a giving God. That's his character. That's his nature. He's the kind of self-giving God. And so when you go before the throne of grace and you say, Lord, I need wisdom right now. I need to understand what's going on in our world and how I'm supposed to interact with it right now. God has a posture, if you will, of generosity toward you. He's already willing. He's eager to give without finding fault. He's not sitting there thinking, you know, if you could just get your act together a little bit more, then I might be willing to work with you. No, God is, he's, he's already ready to give to you this wisdom that you need to ask for. So God is giving us wisdom for how to live our lives in the midst of these trials. It is a very, it's a part of his very nature. So we need to be, we need to be, um, making that request known and, and asking that God would give us exactly what we need right now. We need to humble ourselves and just acknowledge we don't really know what's going on in our world. And these are trying times and God is going to use it to grow us into mature individuals. And let's just be real. A lot of us are very immature right now. We're not behaving Christianly in this moment. And it's an opportunity then for God to do some work to do some adjustment on us, to help us become what we need to be. All right, so we ask God for it, but we ask with this qualification. We want to ask God for wisdom, but we need to believe that he will actually give us wisdom. 
So we need to have sincerity. Look at verse six and following. It says, when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable and unstable in all they do. When we ask, we need to have this sincerity about us. We need to have this um, belief that God is going to give us what we need. And then we need to actually act on that belief. So to understand this, maybe the easiest way to look at it is to compare how James talks about God versus how he talks about somebody who asks with unbelief. Now, when you look at God and his readiness to give, how is he described? He's very sincere. He's generous. He's wholehearted. He's single-minded. God is, he's ready to give you what you need. But then there are people who will ask God for wisdom and they're not sincere. They're double-minded. They're not wholehearted. They're half-hearted. God, I want you to give me a little bit of your wisdom. I want you to give me a little bit of kind of, you know, sprinkle a little bit of your God stuff on me so that I can navigate this. But I'm not really looking for you to tell me exactly what this needs to look like. That person is wavering in their faith and they are double-minded and unstable. When we ask God for wisdom, we need sincerity in the request. We need to believe, okay, God, I need wisdom and I'm believing that whatever it is that you share is right. That if I look to your word and if I look to your leadership and if I follow your ways, that is actually going to be for my good. Now, here's what I'm seeing right now. A lot of us are willing to pray to God, but we've already got the agenda set. God, we would love for you to, to you know, help us right now, but I know what's best. That's double-minded. That's half-hearted. That's saying, God, I know better than you. Now, when we ask, we ought to be the person who is believing that God is going to speak and he's going to share something that might actually change us and might actually move the way that we're interpreting things right now. A person who asks but doesn't believe and doesn't act on that faith is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. I, I learned to surf in Cocoa Beach, Florida. And um, I had grown up riding sideways, skateboards, wakeboards, snowboards. I looked at surfing and I thought, that looks so easy. They literally stand on a board, on a wave, and just turn. I said, that looks peaceful and serene. That looks beautiful. I'm going to learn how to do that. So I'm in Cocoa Beach, and I'm renting a short board, and I'm going out and with, a, with a buddy of mine. Neither of us have surfed before. And it's a storm, which means the waves are big and fast. And so we're kind of excited about it, and we get out there. And the thing with waves in Florida, just in general, is that they are inconsistent. Every single wave looks different from the others. And so people who learn to ride there are actually really, really good because they learn to navigate all the different kinds of waves. But we went out and we just got destroyed and could not ride the waves because they were all big and fast and different and we had no idea what we were doing. Now that's the picture that James is giving us here that the person who is asking God but not believing and who is doubting is like all those different waves. You're just kind of being thrown around by the voices of culture right now. You're just kind of being tossed to and fro and you just, 
You know, you might feel one way one day and then it changes and you're just kind of, you're at the mercy of the storm and the wind. We need to be people who have resolve and who are single-minded and saying, God, I believe that you are going to speak into this moment and I am going to respond with faith. I'm going to believe what you're saying and I'm going to trust that even if it, even if it challenges what I already think is right and wrong, I'm going to listen. I don't want to be the kind of person who shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. I don't want to be double-minded and unstable. Now, you might be asking, okay, Cor, what are you really saying here? Okay, I just want you to be incredibly clear right now. What do you mean? Because I'm not trying to be ambiguous right now, and I'm not trying to steer you wrong. Some of you are wondering, okay, Cor, are you suggesting that we just listen to everything that the government tells us to do right now? Are you suggesting, Cor, that we just go along with the, the media narratives that are being fed to us? What, what are you really saying? What does wisdom look like in this moment? And honestly, that stuff is too heady for me to figure out. But here's the, the, let me just give you two priorities. As I think about this and I go, okay, what would wisdom look like for our church? Let me, let me tell you at least two things that are on my heart. The first, and I've been saying this for weeks now, the first thing that I think wisdom will show up as in the midst of our church community is unity without uniformity. Unity, meaning we would look at each other and we'd say, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We might have opposing views on the things that are happening right now, but my commitment is to Christ and to his bride. So we are unified. We're in this thing together. We're a family. We're committed to each other. We don't have to think the same. We don't, have to, we don't have to follow the same media channels. We don't have to all say the same kind of things, but we have to be committed to unity. That is wisdom. Another thing, another priority as I think about what would this look like, I believe that wisdom will show up in Christ-likeness, that we will begin to behave in a way that looks and feels a lot like Jesus would. And, I, and we would have this kind of demeanor about us of gentleness and kindness, that we would have this love and, and this joy about us. And we would do everything in the way that we interact with, you know, people in settings like this or online, all of that would, would look a lot more like Jesus dealing with people. And if we're not doing that, then I don't think we're wise. I don't think we're mature. I don't think we're complete and lacking in nothing. I think there's a lot that we need to be pursuing. We need to become more and more like Christ. So the invitation then today is an invitation to wisdom. God is telling us in the midst of this trial, let's not waste this moment. Let's not waste this opportunity to become more like our savior, Jesus Christ. We need wisdom. Let's ask for it. And let's ask believing that God is going to speak and let's be the kind of people who, are, who will respond with faith to whatever that looks like. So I'm going to pray now. I'm going to invite Jeff and Bethany to come back up. And I'm going to ask that you would bow with me and pray as well. Lord, we admit our immaturity. If COVID-19 has done nothing... Other than this, it has revealed our immaturity. We tend to deal with the, 
the issues of the day in a way that is lacking in grace and kindness. Lord, we, some of us, um, unfortunately, are willing to do injury to the church. We can look at other people who maybe don't share our opinions and we can slander and ridicule and despise and hate. Lord, we need wisdom. Help us to become more like our Savior. Help us to become mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Help us to joyfully endure these trials because we acknowledge that you are working in us and on us. Make us a wise people for your glory. Amen.